Man, wow. I, I appreciate that, that welcome. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited. I am humbled um, to be able to, to, to share with you this morning. Uh, I, I hope and pray that, that God will use me um, and, and that you will be along with me as we, as we take a look at, at, at Scripture. Um, before we jump into the Word, I, I, something that you saw in the, the recap video, the flashback video with the, the clear bumper balls and people running into each other, that's 40-hour Elevate. And that's coming up in two weeks, January 12th through the 14th. And so if you are a student in the room or a parent of a student in the room and your student is not signed up yet, sign them up ASAP. It's, it is our kickoff event, Discipleship Weekend, that kicks off 2018 and it's happening in two weeks. So be sure to sign them up. Um, the other thing that I want to do before we, before we jump in is... As Morgan mentioned, my wife and I have been here for a long time. Um, I just want to give honor to, man, I don't cry. What is happening? Um, to, to, to our best allergies, you're right. Um, to our pastor, our lead pastor, um, but also to, to our elders. Um, the, these men have poured into my life for, for years. I came to this church through the University of Texas campus, um, 17 years old. I'm 34 years old now. <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, man. And the, the impact that they have had on my life has, God, has affected my wife, my children for generations to come. And I'm, that song, that last song we sang, like, <laughs> It's so true. And I, I hope if you, if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you don't know him, if you're doubting him, if, if you're like, man, I, 2017, where was he? He's there. He's making a way. I guarantee you. I, <laughs> again, it's allergies. I don't cry. He's making a way. He, he's making a way. So let's, let's pray, um, and then we'll, we'll jump into it. Jesus, I thank you for this morning. Thank you that you see us, that you love us, Father God, that your presence is here. Thank you that we can rest in who you are. And that through that, Father God, we can live an amazing life. That brings glory to you. And that changes anything and everything we thought were possible on our own. So I pray that you would use me, that you would use us, that you would continue to, to speak to us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. So how many of you have ever had an aha moment? A, a, a moment where something that was previously unsolvable or unknowable transforms from a lack of understanding to a spontaneous comprehension accompanied by an exclamation of joy or satisfaction. What do you say? Aha. Suddenly something becomes clear and obvious where it wasn't before. Maybe like an algebra problem or those Ikea furniture instructions. (laughs) But an aha moment is sometimes better experienced and described. So 
Everybody this morning, you are about to get to experience, hopefully, an aha moment. Let's take a look at the screen. This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? It's easy to miss something you're not looking for. How many of you counted the passes correctly? Got 13. I saw some of y'all were like, yes, I did that. How many of you saw the moonwalking bear? Okay, okay. The first time before the rewind. Okay, all right, all right. When I first saw that video, I was like, man, that was, that was easy. Yes, 13. And then they rewound the video and asked about a moonwalking bear. So aha moments are like that, though. It's something that suddenly becomes clear and obvious that wasn't before. And this morning, amidst New Year's resolutions and goals and dreams, we're going to take a look at a, a scripture in Luke. I've never preached from this scripture. I'm still asking Jesus, why are we talking about this on New Year's Eve? But it's in Luke 7, 36 through 50. And we're going to look at an example of how three key elements form an aha moment, an awakening, a moment of honesty, and a moment of action. And in Luke 7, 36 through 50, it's sort of a, a first century test, awareness test, and it begins like this. Verse 36 says, then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. And there's a lot happening in these first two verses, and we'll, we'll get them on the screen for you. But I just want to point out a few things. And first is the relationship with Jesus and the Pharisee. See, if you read a little bit of your Bible, you know Jesus and the Pharisees didn't always get along. Um, they were constantly going back and forth. And this invitation is either one of two things. The Pharisee is trying to communicate that he's on an equal playing field with Jesus or he's trying to find something out about Jesus because see Pharisees they they resolve within themselves to separate keep themselves separate from the impurities that were prescribed by their interpretation of the Levitical law and so that meant other cultures political parties common people anyone that they considered themselves superior to and so Jesus going to a meal at the Pharisee's house is he's, he's either saying, 
hey, yeah, me and you are equal, or I'm trying to find out some information about you. And then we're introduced in verse 37 to an unnamed woman, a nameless woman. Her name isn't shared, but she's described as a sinner. But she's not just introduced haphazardly. She's introduced with and behold. And behold means to see or observe a thing or person, especially a remarkable or impressive one. So when it says and behold, in my mind, when I read that scripture, the whole meal that's happening stops. Right. Because everybody is watching this woman who's walking into the room. And in my head, I imagine like Pharisees. I mean, I know they didn't have like chicken wings and stuff back then. But in my mind, that's what happens. Right. They're taking a bite. She walks in and they don't put the food down. They just turn with the food in their mouth watching her. And then she does something that causes them, I think, to not only look at her, but to look at Simon, the Pharisee who invited Jesus. And maybe the reason she, she came was to anoint Jesus' feet or to anoint Jesus. She brought this expensive oil. But I had a question, like, why, why did she come in the first place? Like, what about Jesus drew her to this place? Because all, all it says is that she heard he was going to be there, and she went. And so I thought maybe, maybe she was tired of living the type of lifestyle that would cause her to be nameless in this scripture and only known by her sin. But it seemed like everybody knew her. And maybe what we don't know is that she had a a moment of becoming suddenly aware and awakening that caused her to see Jesus out. And what she brought with her, this expensive bottle of fragrant oil. It then says she stood at his feet behind him weeping. And for me, when I read that, I'm like, wait, like. How is that possible, right? Like, if I'm sitting like this, you can, you can see my feet, right? How can she stand behind him at his feet? And so it makes you dig a little bit, right? Look at the, the history. What, what type of meal was this? How were they sitting? And so there's a, a photo that's about to, to come up. And in this photo, you, you see three couch-like areas. And instead of sitting how I'm sitting, like, they did sit that way sometimes, but for a meal like this, where this Pharisee was potentially trying to honor Jesus, they would sit this way, somewhat laying with their face towards the table and their feet extended behind them. And so, okay, yeah, it makes sense how she could walk up and anoint Jesus's feet. But then it says she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair. And she kissed his feet and poured the oil on them. And for her to do this with the reputation that she had in the setting that she found herself in would have been a huge risk, would have cost her a lot, not only financially because of the expensive perfume, but it would cause her to humble herself, to kiss his feet, his dirty feet. 
I know they're Jesus's feet. And y'all like, oh, I would kiss Jesus's dirty feet. But they were they were dirty. Like. I'm just saying. And. She began to 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 weep in her tears. And this is how I see it in my head when I read scripture. Her tears fall. Her weeping falls on his dirty feet. And the, 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 the dirt is so thick that the tear lines that are the tears that are coming from her face start to make lines and tracks on her feet, on his feet. And she takes her hair and wipes his feet. And then, you know, all the haters in the room start gawking and gossiping and wondering how and who let her in. It says in verse 39, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. I don't know if you sense the tension now that the Pharisee is communicating with, but he's demoted Jesus from being an equal, potentially a prophet, to now teacher. Say it. Even for a teacher, you don't talk to a teacher like that. You don't talk to a rabbi that way. First century, you don't don't do that. He's blatantly disrespecting Jesus. And Jesus, after Simon says, teacher, say it, says in verse 41, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, about two years wages, and the other 50, which was about two months wages. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Jesus asked, tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Tell me, Simon. How many passes did the team in white make? Simon answered, said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? And again, this entire time, he's, he's talking to Simon, right? He's not looking at her because his face is towards the table. She's behind him. He's looking and talking to Simon. But now he turns his back on Simon. And he faces her. But he's still talking to Simon. He says, do you see this woman? Jesus begins to rewind the video for him. I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. But this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil. But this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. See, Simon had already considered himself good. He didn't need to take any special consideration for this Jesus. Because if he had just taken a little bit of consideration, he would have done the things that were customary. It would have given him a bucket of water so he could wash his feet or sent one of his servants to wash his feet. But this woman, who I believe came 
solely to anoint him, not to ugly cry and wash his feet. Saw what hadn't been done. And it started to click for her. And when it did, she couldn't control herself. She just continued to walk towards him, not caring what the people at the table would think about her, not caring what Simon would think about her. And she's crying and washing his feet with her tears, drying them with her hair. And then Jesus continues to to speak. And he says, therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't say she's good. I don't get why people don't like her. He says, no, there are many. They are forgiven for she loved much. Not because and don't miss it. It's not because she loved much. She was forgiven. But because she understood that she was forgiven, she loved much out of her forgiveness, her understanding of her forgiveness. The aha moment. She loved much. It's not about what we do. but We easily get caught up in it. And success, man, you get a little bit of success. And we tend to say, oh, God, I got this. I, I can take you from here. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Or in other words, if you're forgiven little, you love little. If you're forgiven much, you love much. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this? who even forgives sins. They still weren't getting it. They were at a meal with Jesus. A lot of y'all are like, man, if I, 2017 bucket list, 2018 bucket list, whoever I could could have a meal with, it would be Jesus. They are living that out and they don't even see it. And I know we're, we're on the other side of history and we can look back with 2020 vision, but sometimes we don't even get it. And the last verse, verse 50, says, then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. She believed. But she didn't just come with her alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stand there and hope that maybe Jesus would pass by. She acted on what she believed. So if you believe something, the way you know you believe, the way others know you believe is because you act out of what you believe. So it's easy to miss something or someone that you're not looking for. And Brett was talking about San Luis Potosí earlier, and I want to end with end with this story quickly and then ask our prayer team to come up. Um, but I got to go on one of the first San Luis Potosi trips to San Luis Potosi, Mexico. Um, and I was, I was, I was a, a young, I'm still a young guy. I was a young guy then. I'm still a young guy now. Um, <laughs> but 
leading up to it, I was at a job I didn't like, and I requested time off so that I could go on this trip. And my coworkers are like, what are you doing? Like, why, why would you want to go use your vacation time to go to San Luis? I never even heard of San Luis Potosí, Mexico. Why would you want to go there? I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know, but I want God to use me. I want to see what he's going to do in my life. And so I began to pray and ask Jesus, like, Lord, I, speak to me. Use me however you are going to use me. I want to see you move on this trip. It's my first mission trip ever. And we get there and Brett is working us like he is working us. We repainted orphanages and schools and re, like I got on top of a roof and like put tar down on the roof to keep it from leaking. Again, first time I, I, I Brett's like, yeah, that's what we do. I'm like, I, I never did it. And so. We're doing all of those types of things. But then, like every other day, we're going to this little church that that we help support there. And I'm there. And this little boy comes up to me. He starts talking to me in Spanish. And I know a little bit of Spanish. But he's like, he's going in. I'm like, man, I I don't know. And so I'm just looking at him. I'm just smiling and nodding. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, bro, but... It sounds good. <laughs> and we leave. We go do so the next, go back home. The next day we, we go back out and we're doing more work. Uh, we go to a men's shelter. We, man, crazy times. Like, man, just thinking about it. Like, go to this men's shelter. These men don't have, they don't have anything. Like, they're transitioning. They're waiting for work. They don't have, they have the clothes on their backs and whatever they're carrying on their shoulder. So I'm, like, taking off my suit, my favorite pair of Nikes. Man, don't let me think. And I'm giving them away as we get getting kicked out. You remember? We were getting kicked out of the men's shelter for bringing the gospel. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is what it's supposed to be like, right? Like, we are doing something, not just thinking about it, not just waiting so that, that later that day, we go back to this little church. <laughs> comes this little boy. And I'm, like, trying to run. Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to sit through that awkward conversation again. Like, I don't want to just smile and nod. Like, but he corners me again and sits right down next to me. And he starts talking. But this time a little slower. And I'm, again, smiling and nodding, smiling and nodding. And Melissa, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my friend. I liked her, though. And <laughs> Melissa sees us, and she walks up, and she's like, what are y'all talking about? And I'm like, I don't know, but come help me out. And she comes, and she asks him in Spanish, like, what, what, are, what are you trying to say? What are y'all talking about? And then she starts laughing. And so now I feel, I'm like, wait, like, Tell me what's going on. I've been talking to him for, I mean, he's been talking to me for two days. You talking 30, tell me what's going on. And she laughs. She says, he's, he said, ha soñado con Dios. I'm like, okay. Ha soñado con Dios. He's asking you, have you ever dreamed with God? I'm like, 
this whole time leading, I'm praying, God, speak to me. God, use me. I want to hear you. He's speaking to me through a little nine, ten-year-old boy. But because it's not coming packaged how I anticipate, how I expect it, I'm discounting it. And that was an aha moment for me. That's why I love working with students. They're, they are amazing. Your kids are amazing. And I want to help them see this Jesus. I want to help them have an initial aha moment where they recognize Jesus as their savior, but then multiple aha moments over the course of their lifetime. And then to help other people have aha moments and see, whoa, like I'm being used to help other people know this Jesus and have an aha moment in that. And so as we celebrate walking into 2018 and you got all your goals and your resolutions and your, your thoughts and they're, they're good. But a lot of times we, we know, right, they go away, they dissipate week one, month one. We forget about them, move on to something else. So I just want to ask three questions. One, what, should, what, what are you looking for in 2018? What are you looking for God to do? Are you just looking to count the passes, get the, the things right, show up to church? I'm here. I'm just going to show up. But you're, you're not in? And the second question is, what are you missing? Right? Like if you're just counting the passes, if you're so focused on counting passes, doing the thing, you can miss the moonwalking bear. And then the last question, what should you be looking for? And if you don't know, like me, right, you're just smiling and nodding, trying to get through it, right? You don't have to. People in here, y'all are my family. Like, I feel so comfortable but empowered to share with you this morning because y'all are my family. And if you don't feel that way, we want to help you feel that way. So as our prayer team comes up, and I don't, we got a lot of them here, I'm I'm hoping, um, because this was not planned, but... As they come up, if, if you feel like, man, I don't, I don't know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I've been around. I, people talk about hearing from him. I don't hear him, but I keep showing up. If you're holding that alabaster flask, fragrant oil, waiting for your moment, here it is. That moment of awakening. But it takes all three to have an aha. Awakening, you got to be honest with yourself. And then you got to take action. But also, if, if you're like, man, 2018, I want it to be the year. Like, I'm done with 2017. I want 2018. I, I want to hear from God. I want to see what God is going to do in me. Then I want you to come up and get prayed for as well. So that you can remember December 31st, 2017. That was the moment. And you can then move from there out into the world to your job, to 
your school, to your home, with your family, to wherever you serve and help other people have aha moments. So I'll pray as the, the prayer team comes up and then we'll be dismissed. Jesus, thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. I thank you for seeing us. Thank you for loving us. I thank you for not just forcing us or calling us to count the passes, but to see the whole picture, to see all of you. Not even to chase aha moments, Father God, but to find ourselves at your feet, wiping and drying your feet with our crown. That you would use us, Lord. That we wouldn't waste this moment. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.